Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever episode of The Ten Count. I'm your host, Caden Hanafi. I am joined by my usual co-host. Every once in a while, we won't be together. I'll have some guests on here and there, might solo show it. But my usual co-host is Tamara. Tamara, how are you? I'm doing just swell. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to talk about wrestling on our first ever episode. And let's get into this. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite from this past week. Coming from the UBS arena, everyone's talking about the, the, the goddamn bizarro world where CM Punk gets booed and MJF gets cheered. You were in the audience, so I'm going to send this over to you. What was it like to be in the middle of bizarro world? I went in completely and totally prepared to cheer for MJF regardless of what the other uh, you know, audience members' reaction is going to be because it's Long Island. And also, I like MJF. I love CM Punk, too. Uh, but I, I think that every wrestler should get that hometown welcome. Every wrestler kind of deserves that. So when I went there, I was like, okay, what's it going to be? There was chatter, like, in the audience and in the line saying, you know, this is MJF town. We're going to cheer. So, you know, before it happened, I was like, okay, MJF's probably going to get a good reaction. I don't know when he's coming out. Uh, AEW likes to, you know, immediately deliver when they have like highly anticipated things on the show. So when MJF's music hit, like right after Dynamite started, I was like, okay, MJF is coming out. They completely swerved me. I was cheering. I actually have video footage of it. Um, you know, everybody's going ballistic because MJF's music. And then CM Punk walks out and that crowd deflated. And I busted out laughing. It was a great moment because you like that's you that's AEW's usual pattern. You're like, oh, they're gonna give us MJF first because they know we want MJF. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's very an AEW thing to do. And so they got me. I did not expect the CM Punk swerve. And so I will say this, I think that doing that did kind of mitigate the pop that MJF got. Either that was why, or just because the time between the start of the show and his segment, the crowd was maybe more tired. But that initial pop he got when the the music hit was a lot louder than the one he got when he actually came out. Um, MJF was like uh, playing to the crowd. He was, uh, I guess he was healing it up, but like the crowd was like into it. So he was still being MJF bald like doing stupid sleazeball stuff it was very very fun to watch and you know it's bizarre world you're never gonna get that anywhere else um so yeah it, it was fun to be able to cheer the bad guy and have him like acknowledge that and accept that and be happy about that it, it was cool yeah it's basically pretty similar to what they did in britsburg for that first episode of Rampage when it was Brit versus Red Velvet and they knew the crowd was going to cheer Brit so what's the point in even trying to make Brit a heel let them be the face if you know that the crowd is going to cheer for them that's what you 100% yeah. should do and i thought like it came across very well on tv everyone talks about uh, whenever CM Punk was coming in, they were like, we should have CM Punk's music hit and MJF comes out to troll the Chicago crowd. And I thought it was really funny that they did like the opposite way in Long Island. I just thought that it was like a really cool little touch. And a lot of people were referencing that a little bit here and there. And the MJF stuff was really good. I'm going to bring this right into 
the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale, which was a little weird overall, just the way they formatted it. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Battle Royals in general. And I mean, like, we're like, we had a two week, uh, two week feud, right? Dante Martin, he, uh, if you guys did not watch, what happened was the last three people in the ring were Dante, Ricky, and MJF. And the last two face off next week at Winter is Coming for the Dynamite Diamond Battle, uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And, it's Dante and Ricky Starks, members of Team Taz. And then Dante turns on Ricky Starks and throws him out. So he joined two weeks ago, and it's over. It's done. Two-week feud. <laughs> or is it done? I'm sure I'm sure they're going to have a rebuttal to this double, this double cross. <laughs> well, I think they're going to have a rebuttal, but, like, we couldn't have waited a little bit longer for the payoff to come. Like, it couldn't have gone a little bit longer with this of Dante being part of Team Taz. I'll tell you this much. Um, and this is no shade to Taz <clears throat> or uh, Ricky Starks. But Team Taz, in a lot of ways, is a bit of a sinking ship. And I think that Dante Martin has a lot of momentum right now. So I, I think that getting away from Team Taz as quickly as possible was the right thing to do. And to do it in a way where it uh, kind of forwards his character. Because in the ring, we already like him. He's fun to watch. But what is this Dante Martin guy all about? You want to be invested in his character development. I think that this did a lot for him. More so than I thought it would going into it. Um, but I don't necessarily think it needed to go any longer. Yeah, so I have a quick, like, I have a theory that I've had for two to three weeks now when they did that initial turn where Dante joined Team FTW. And so what, what I think that is, is that Dante makes every decision that he thinks is best for him at the time and just aligns himself with whoever he thinks is going to give him the best shot to win at that like specific moment. And it changes every week or two because he's had Matt Seidel. He's had Leo. He's had Team Taz. So I, I think that he's going to keep just kind of bouncing around until Darius comes back. And that's the person who he actually needs by his side. And yeah. that's the one true partner for him. I think that's kind of the, like, that's what I think they're going to go with. I just like, I, I like that story, but I think it would have been a little bit more beneficial to just have him being in team Taz go a little bit longer because he only ever had one dark elevation match with team Taz. I think you could have gotten a little bit more out of it. I'm so intrigued to see what happens when Darius returns, honestly. Yeah, Darius has been out since February. So, I mean, I think his return is imminent at this point. I, yeah, so looking at, I'm, I'm looking back over the card from this past Wednesday. We had the Acclaimed and 2.0 versus Jurassic Express and Varsity Blondes. I thought this should have been on Rampage, to be perfectly honest. It did not, it felt really out of place. Uh, well, here's the thing. You're not incorrect. Uh, it was kind of out of place in the grand scheme of the show, but this whole entire show was weird. Um, so, it, and by the way, I'm a big fan of Varsity Blondes, and I like Brian Pillman Jr. a lot. I think he's very underrated. So I was very hyped to just see them in the ring and see them wrestle, but it did feel as if the crowd was 
kind of like not just because of them but because of the whole show it did feel like the crowd was kind of not that into um this match especially because i don't think that they really i don't think people really care about like the the i don't think people really care about 2.0 or the varsity blondes just yet uh they acclaimed and you know obviously jurassic express those are they're very popular but uh, i think that the crowd was not really into like seeing the the it was a lot of people in the ring and i think they really just wanted to see luchasaurus who they were cheering for like i don't know if this came across on tv but they were cheering for luchasaurus to get tagged in almost the entire time and it was a while before he even made it into the ring so i think the crowd wanted to see what they wanted to see but they were getting a lot of brian pillman and uh getting a lot of 2.0 and the acclaimed it was a very heel heavy match as well, so I, I think that the the crowd wasn't really into how this played out. Yeah, the point of this to me was like you need to get Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus on TV. You want to get Max and Bowens out there since they're from New York, but mainly for me, storyline wise, that I I thought they were trying to do is get 2.0 there, 2.0 and Garcia who have that feud with Jericho and Kingston, whatever they're doing there. So I think it was to really get 2.0 on TV. I think this would have just been way more effective to just do a like just do a regular tag match with 2.0 and Garrison and Pillman and throw that on Rampage and put the Lucha Bros and FTR match onto Dynamite. Like the Dynamite card felt very very weak this week. Like it's felt weak for the last 2 weeks in my opinion. And I think they could have benefited from taking like off of a pretty stacked Rampage and throwing that here. It was, you know, I feel like, one, we didn't get enough Hangman Adam Page on the show, and he's the champion. We really didn't get a lot of him. Mm -hmm. He came out at the end, like, for a run-in, but it really wasn't enough. He could have had a segment, like, he could have talked, maybe, like, uh, maybe have a match, but that's not always necessary. I feel like we should have just got more of him, and we did not. Um, And then, I know we didn't get to it yet, but I feel like, the Young Bucks match was the worst part of the show. Uh, just because I feel like that was supposed to be the long match with the stars that people are supposed to be really into and leave thinking about. But I feel like, one, the, the Young Bucks, they don't really have a lot of momentum right now. Uh, and two, like, why would we care? I liked when Trent came out at the end. That was a good payoff, but the match was entirely long. Like, it depressed the crowd almost. Uh, so, in reality, that should be a, you know, best friends versus the Young Bucks. That should be a stacked match to add to a stacked show. But because it deflated the crowd so much and because I feel like nobody, maybe at home y'all liked it, but I feel like it was so long and nobody cared. It was almost as if it could have been two nobodies and it wouldn't have mattered. No, so I did not care about this match until I saw <clears throat> Sue's van pull up, and then it changed everything I felt about the match when they had Sue come out and Trent Beretta with his last name back come out, and then they have the Rapongi Vice music playing afterwards, which I don't even know if y'all noticed that in, in the arena being there. Yeah. <laughs> but having the Rapongi yeah. Vice music was um, an awesome little touch. And I thought the ending was amazing. The ending was really good, and I think this definitely sets up for kyle o'reilly coming next yeah. week at winter is coming well, i think that the um the match was was over and they were like beating each other up and then trent came out yeah yeah it was after the match 
Yeah, yeah I, I thought the post the post match was amazing. Great place. He, he returned where he's from. He's from Long Island. Have him return on Long Island. But I agree, and I don't think enough people are pointing out the issues that this dynamite had. It feels like people are might be like I, I feel like people are skipping over, and, and like they're talking about Sue, and they're not talking about the match, which wasn't great. Like I just it didn't, was so long. It was really long. I'd like to, you know what? I want to know. I wish, hold on. I'm going to try to look up how long that match was because it did feel yeah, inordinately long. You'll find it, but it felt like a, like an overtly raw, an overtly long six-man raw tag match. It just kept going. And the issue is that the Bucks are still a little injured. So they're, like, they weren't moving as fast as they usually are. You're right. They don't have momentum. I think their characters are just kind of bland and nobody really cares about them at this point. And they mm-hmm. need to change their characters badly back to what they were. And that, because like, Adam Cole, Adam Cole's character to me does not vibe with the Bucks character and Cutler's character mm-hmm. right now. Like, Adam Cole seems like undisputed era adam cole elite adam cole and the bucks feel like that like weird elite that they did i gotta say the bucks feel like adam cole's backup like they do right now 100 percent um i don't i'm not gonna say they don't necessarily mesh because i think they do in that way um but i do definitely think that or or, and i also think it might be by design because i think adam cole is kind of supposed to shine uh, and 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 because he is going to be the singles guy going forward, um, so I think that the young bucks are kind of taking a step back, like into the the shadows behind Adam Cole, um, and so he is probably going to appear as if he's like the odd man out, or if he's like you know I guess the lead singer of the band, because I mean he kind of is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ah. <sighs> I don't know. I just, it, it was basically three matches in a row that did not do it for me. And let me see. What was uh, that's That's rare. I didn't was, hate, I didn't hate the dynamite uh, diamond ring battle. Bro. I, I didn't hate it. I just like, there was a lot of weird parts in it. And this is where like, I, I think about it with a rampage. Look at this. Like the rampage card was good, right? This was a, I, I loved rampage this week. You had a very good tag championship match. Like, a great match. You had a very good women's trios match. I thought that match was really good. You had the Darby Allen interview backstage. That's, you know, that's that. Team Taz, uh, you're you're having Hook. Hook debuted. They sent Hook. We're going to talk about Hook a little later. And Adam Cole versus Wheeler Yuta. I get why you don't have the Adam Cole Wheeler unit match on this show. I get why you don't have the six woman tag match on this show. Why do you not just do like either do the hook debut, which you don't need to do that or do the, uh, the tag team championship match on dynamite and give more time to either Adam and Wheeler or give more time to the women on rampage. I think that's a much better solution than to have this match be like overtly long and you have that eight like that eight man tag match just was boring. Yeah. I well I'll tell you this cuz again I was there live. The Dynamite Diamond uh, Ring Battle Royal was fun because MJF was playing to the crowd a lot. 
um, which yeah. is, I don't know if that came across on TV. So that probably skewed because truthfully, most of the time I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on in the ring. Everybody was it, watching MJF. Like that was the, yeah. that was the attraction. So um, it, it was a little different. It, yeah. It did at certain points, but not really. I wish it, they did. MJF was doing, uh, you know, the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, selling they did like that a match live. They did it like it was like a half and half. Like they half paid attention, then they half did battle royale stuff, and then, I mean, like moving on with the show, you had probably my favorite part of the show, honestly, besides Sue, was Ruby's backstage. Uh, getting ambushed by the bunny and Penelope. And then Nyla comes out of nowhere and goes, surprise, bitch. And that <laughs> popped me so hard. Because Nyla's done this a few times now. Like where she just goes, surprise, bitch. And it beats the hell out of you. And every damn time, it makes me pop. And I laugh for like five straight minutes. And I watch it on repeat. It's something about the way Nyla does it. It just it's so funny to me. When is the surprise bitch shirt coming out? We'll see. I like no, I need it. I want this shirt so badly. That was like she did she didn't do that. Um she did something like I'm gonna get you bitch whenever she was doing the feud with Rio that led to their match uh at on the February 12th, 2020 edition of Dynamite. That mm-hmm. I was at when Nyla won the championship. And like my friend hated Nyla, just did not like her wrestling style until like that promo happened. And he was like, All right, I'm all on board with Nyla now. She's funny. <laughs> not, and you know what? Nyla's been kind of without uh, some momentum, just stuff with Vicky. Hasn't really translated, I think, the way they wanted it to. So I think they should really go in on, on whatever's working with her, you know? Yeah. I mean, like yeah i think nyla can talk at least a little bit now i don't know if she needs vicky anymore hmm. she well she she never could not talk i think it was more of a finding a finding a role for vicky and i think that they uh and this might be a bit of um a backstage thing where maybe they they had a good rapport and wanted to really work with each other so they just stuck vicky in that role um, but if you do separate her, I mean, Vicky and man, Vicky is a, a legendary heel, but I don't think they've really tapped into what made her work, uh, in WWE, uh, I, either, either they don't know like how to do that, or maybe she just hasn't been, you know, given enough time and stuff to flourish it. But what made her work was very much the, the like annoying and like, overbearing and like being being like meddling and like the stuff that the wrestlers were doing and being super annoying about it and her voice but i feel like with um with with with, with uh nyla she i mean she's kind of like a, a a background character nyla kind of runs the show that's not really what gets vicky heat so if they stay together they got to do something uh different with, with vicky but i do agree they she might not need her anymore yeah so there were a, a few other things that happened on Dynamite and on Rampage that were good. Like there's a lot of other good stuff. But for the sake of time, I think we both agree that there's really one thing left that like is must talk, like must talk. Like you cannot skip over the most anticipated 
debut of 2021 in professional wrestling. God damn it. They sent Hook. (laughs) Damn, Hook is great. Hook has, he has the Tony D'Angelo effect where we make memes about Tony D, but guess what? When he gets in the ring, he's pretty damn good in there. And Hook was so good. Hook's got me hooked, man. I gotta say, I'm a hooker. I'm a, I'm a hooker. I'm a hooker. Hook, everything about Hook was great. The lighting in his entrance, the action Bronson theme, the appearance where he just like, he, he kept his style, which I'm glad he kept the style. And he looks like just like a little punk kid. Love it. Yeah. I love his his uh, his catch wrestling style, his shoot wrestling style. Very similar to Taz. He wrestles that same way. And he used the Taz mission to get the win. <laughs> I loved it. For some reason, yeah. he reminds me of Tom Holland, his look. You. Yeah, like you pointed that out. Like I like he looks like a little bit more of like a more mature, grittier Tom Holland. And that's not a bad thing. Like, yeah. Oh no, not at all. Tom Holland is amazing. I love him. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. So I I I I love it. So Cook has the look. We've now confirmed that he can walk the walk. Can he talk the talk? I guess I'd love to hear him on the mic. But Hook no, is going places. No, don't put him on the mic. Use Taz. He doesn't, like, Hook should never speak. Oh, that's true. That's actually a I, very good like, point. No, I'm confident he cannot speak well because they haven't had him yet. So don't have him speak. Taz is one of the best speakers in professional wrestling. Do you see Hook takes the FTW title from Ricky? I think that's 100% the story they're going. Yeah, yep. I think they're going with like that's what's going to end uh end team Taz. Is Taz is going to say nah, Hook's getting this title and I think it's going to be Hook and Powerhouse with Powerhouse as kind of the Wardlow to his MJF. Oh, I see. That's actually a good point. So you have you have one, you have Taz who's talking for him. He has the muscle because you want to keep Hook special because he doesn't wrestle a lot if at all so maybe he has you know powerhouse Hobbs doing his dirty work for him and then he kind of has this like aura like the mafia around him he never talks he just gets shit done and like nobody wants to mess with him it's it's very great give all the belts to hook every single (laughs) belt should go to hook immediately i do want to point out uh that it's the kata hajime which is the taz mission and it was pointed out in commentary that it is now known as the red rum that's a reference to one of my favorite movies the shining shining yeah love it murders backwards great uh taz taz on commentary was so good for this match it was just everything about this was amazing like i it awesome it was great to be in the moment with everybody online being like oh shit Hook is awesome. Yes, everybody, even other wrestlers were reacting to Hook's debut. Didn't get to hear the commentary because obviously I was there live, but throughout the night, like there was a buzz. Like er- people were cheering whenever a chance they got, they were cheering for Hook because they were so ready to come out uh, at night. Now, the Adam Cole uh, Yuta match did actually go on last. I know there was some speculation about that. Um, and then I think second to last was was the Hook match. Um, so I guess technically our true main event was Hook, but I mean, 
they he didn't go on last, but I, I wouldn't have cared. I would have stayed no matter what. Some a lot of people did leave after Hook. I gotta tell you that much. I think people were just there for Hook. That no, they were no one cares about Adam. No one cares about Adam Cole. Who even is that guy? Nobody <laughs> cares about the Lucha Brothers or FTR. Nobody cares about Ruby Soho. Hook, Nobody baby. cares. Nobody cares about anyone. It's Hook. We're all CM Punk? Hookers. Who is that? Nobody cares. It's goddamn Hook. Bruh. John Cena can't see Hook. Nah. Nah. Nobody compares to my boy Hook. Now, Bro, that's that... gotta be a meme. Hook is, has, Hook is better plus ratio plus L. <laughs> I gotta respond that on Twitter to everybody. Um, I'm gonna make like you know like the MJF scarf account like those type of accounts. I'm gonna make yeah. one that's um, Hook's comb because he doesn't use he it's neglected and he's like is today the day I use it? did Hook comb his hair and every day I can just tweet no today I'm still dusty <laughs> still in a yeah. closet unused. I also saw like as a former lacrosse player, I didn't realize that Hook was like a really good lacrosse player. Uh, I didn't realize that either. Yeah, he was like a, a like a D one D two commit. Oh wow, like, he was pretty good, really good lacrosse player. Props to him; he's an athlete. That was, was say he's an athlete. Yeah, a hundred percent. That was AEW Dynamite and Rampage from this week. Before we talk about winners coming, which is how we're going to end this show. And I do want to say this is not how every ten count is going to go. Usually, we'll have ten topics to cover. But because of just different things that we both have going on this week, it had to be a bit of a shorter show. So we're just going to cover the absolute main things we needed to cover this week. But it's never it's not going to usually be like this. It's going to be in- insanely different. But I'm going to talk a little bit about ROH Final Battle. I watched this. I don't know if you did, Tamara. Mm-hmm. I would assume you did not. ROH Final Battle? No, I didn't. Yeah, so I watched most of the show. I missed the first maybe hour, uh, 30 minutes. But from what I did watch, I had a really fun time. So starting with what I actually did watch, I watched these, uh, the end, like the last five, 10 minutes of Rhett Titus, Dalton Castle, Silas Young, and Joe Henry. This was a four-corner survival match for the ROH World Television Championship. Pretty fun match. I had a good time with it. Rhett Titus getting that title, that singles title that he rightfully deserved. I really, really liked Pure Rules. I had no idea what it was. Like, I had heard about Pure Rules. I didn't know what a match looked like. And Josh Woods and Brian Johnson had a very good match. And I want to see more Pure, pure Rules matches everywhere. I would love to see that come to AEW for a few matches here and there, like Brian Danielson in that type of match. It'd be awesome. I'd love it. Shane Taylor and Kenny King killed each other in the fight without honor. God, if you have not seen that match, go look. It was brutal. Roxy and Willow Nightingale had a, I really enjoyed their match. And I want to see, like I've seen Roxy in person at Mission Pro she is amazing. She will 100% be signed after her contract expires with ROH. Willow is already a free agent. She's wrestled for AEW. AEW needs to sign her. 100%. Very good match. Uh, I don't really have any thoughts on the 10. I think it was a 10-man tag. Or no, it was an 8-man tag. 
between Brody King, Homicide, Tony Deppin, Rocky Romero, and uh, EC3, Eli Isom, Taylor Rust, and Tracy Williams. What I do have thoughts on are what happened a- is what happened after the match. Tamara, did you see a certain man who now goes by Titan show up at ROH? Hmm. No. Oh, wait. Is that Buddy Murphy? No. Okay. It's br- the formerly it's Braun Strowman is part of EC3's Free the Narrative stable. <sighs> I gotta say, I... Never mind. I'm gonna save it. Go, Kaden. <laughs> I really liked this. Braun looks like he was in really good shape. And I think this is a good spot for him. Like, I think this works pretty well with what you're like, with what they want to do. It's not ROH because ROH is done right now, obviously. But like what they're kind of doing. And and so basically what EC3 said was he had these like four guys in the ring with him from ROH. And he, he's basically saying that uh, they need to like take back the industry from the corporate leaders. If I'm getting that right, Uh, it was like, take back the industry from the corporate leaders. And to do that, you must have some pain. And he brings in the Titan, which is Braun Strowman. And then he brings down his other guys, uh, Blake and fodder. He brings those guys down too. And they basically beat the crap out of the guys. So it seems like this is a four person stable. That's going to be going around the independent scene. And I'm kind of interested in this. And yeah, Blake, yeah, Weston Bay, what uh Weston Blake, one of those guys in there, obviously, and the fodder. So yeah. this is a an interesting stable of for its former. I don't know if the fodder was in WWE, but I know obviously I know Blake and Blake Sturman and EC3 were, but I think this is a really interesting stable that could go across the indies. What I was gonna say is that. The fact that we have not seen Braun, like, in AEW, or, like, at maybe, like, a New Japan show, or doing, you know, any kind of major promotion stuff for big money, I really, really don't see that being his choice. Because I think with Braun, as he said himself, he follows the money, right? And so, if they are attaching themselves to Braun uh, for the stable... Is he, is he, like, are, are if they're going to be going around the independent scene, if that's by choice and by design, then sure. Otherwise, I think that that might be a bit of a, because I think Braun might still have heat, like, with a lot of the indie wrestlers. Because I think, of, nah, I think, I think that's over. I think the heat's th- gone. So you think yeah. that AEW would pick him up? I don't think he wants to go there. I don't think AEW well, wants to sign he? him. I think because he does, I think he wants to do independent wrestling for a little bit and then either make his way back to WWE or go to Hollywood. I, I've, make his I've way heard back enough to WWE, sure, but I don't think that his goal is to indie wrestle. He doesn't seem I've like heard, that guy. <laughs> I've heard enough people say that he's going to stay on the independent scene and not sign anywhere, that he does not want to sign. 
or maybe the money he's demanding is like. So maybe he'll work indies until he like builds up his stature. You know what I mean? I mean, he might. It's possible. Like he's he's made he's had issues with independence in the past. It's possible that he had a change. I, I can't speak to why he wouldn't want to sign anywhere. I just I don't think he does. I, I just have that feeling that he doesn't want to sign anywhere. That he wants to kind of just do his own thing. And maybe reinvent, and like, reinvent talented. himself. He can do that. Guy's yeah, talented. He'll be. He'll that's be why. Talented. That's why I'm. I'm really interested to see what he does with this stable to see <clears throat> to see if he can get better in the ring and like be like do pull a Drew McIntyre. Yeah, and I wanted to say that to the end because I didn't want to sour on the segment because I think the the show itself got good reviews. Um, and, and I like yeah. the fact that EC and I I like EC three a lot. Uh, so I like the fact that he's doing stuff and getting shine. So I just wanted to say that's the end. So it didn't, you know, rain on that parade. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also just want to say the last two matches, Briscoes versus OGK. Uh, awesome. I think I love Mike Bennett and Matt Taven and it was a Briscoes taking them on and they should be the last ROH tag team champions. It's fitting that the Briscoes end that way. Great match. And then Gresham and Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal was loaned after uh, from AEW after Bandito, who was the ROH champion, had to miss the match due to COVID-19. He contracted COVID-19, could not be there. Tony Khan sent them Jay Lethal. And this was a really, uh, really good match. I was honestly just exhausted at this point, so I kind of zoned out. But Gresham got his championship. Much deserved for Jonathan Gresham. He's really good. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, I know that they were almost going to cancel the show. I'm glad that they were able to, you know, do the send-off. Because ROH, they they contributed a lot to the wrestling business. It is sad to see them go. Um, but they are, even though some people will say that other things are the blame, but they're, they were the architect of their own demise, honestly. Yeah. The wrestling world would not be where it is today without ROH, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson. You have Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Hangman Adam Page. AJ Styles. AJ, yeah, AJ Styles. Um, the Young Bucks were there for a little bit as well. Like, I've, I'm missing so many people because of the amount of people that came out of ROH. And it's they contributed a lot insane. to the All Out show that kind of started this whole saga. Yeah, they. <laughs> I think they, they still own the, own the rights, actually. They own the rights to All Out. Yeah, they technically ran it. It's it, it's insane how like this is. It feels like the end of an era within pro wrestling. It does. It's um. I I'm bro. How TNA is still around and, and ROH is kicking the bucket. It's crazy times. <laughs> Well, let's finish this show by previewing Winter is Coming. I will be there. I'm not only getting Winter is Coming, but I'm also getting whatever they're going to call the Rampage, which might be Winter is Coming Rampage. Might just be like Rampage. But man, this card is so good so far. We have Wardlow and Matt Seidel, the third match between Sheeta and Serena Deeb. MJF taking on Dante Martin for the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring. And Adam Page having his first title defense against the American Dragon Brian Danielson in an AEW World Championship match. 
Let's start with Wardlow and Matt Seidel because I feel like that's a really easy match to make a prediction for. Matt Seidel is going to win, obviously. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wardlow is going to hit 50,000 power bombs, and we will cheer like crazy for every single one. What do you mean you're kidding? Of course Matt Seidel is going to win. Jack Hay, Wardlow should squash him. <laughs> it's his time to eat a power bomb. It's not his time to fly. He's eaten 50 power bombs in this, and then a uh, whatever it is, like the kiss of war or whatever. He's eaten canvas, whatever it is. <laughs> Man, Sheeta and Deeb, I'm so excited. I'm going to see this because their first two matches are just absolute bangers. Deeb doesn't <laughs> miss, honestly. She's so good. This, these two, like Serena Deeb, I, I, I put her in like my top like five underrated wrestlers when I did that list a few like a few months ago, and I believe she's like probably a little higher now. She's so damn good. Yeah. The woman yeah, yeah, of yeah. thousand holes. She 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 doesn't have a she doesn't have a bad match in her, unfortunately. Unfortunately yeah. for you, y'all got to step up your game. Honestly, I'd like to see. Um, I always want to see more of Sheeta. Love Deeb, but uh, I see Sheeta taking that that W. Man, I'm gonna say Deeb. I think they're gonna give it to Deeb. Sheeta is great, and she's done a really good job with her character. I don't like. I forgot what people said she was doing to get better. I guess like that she she wanted like she took time off on purpose because she didn't think she was doing as good as she wanted to. And it was like after she lost her title that she requested time off to go get better. And uh, I think she is. She's a lot better. She's really good. And she's very good at crafting character. If you don't like, if you follow her YouTube, she does this like YouTube series. And she's like, she is very creative. And I think she's put that into her character work in the ring and what she's done recently. You However, never know what you're going to get from her. She's so creative. Yeah. Yeah. However, I think this is time for Serena Deeb to get a championship match, whether that's for the TBS title or that's for Brits or for whoever beats Brit. Because you need somebody to challenge at battle for uh, battle, battle of battle for battle of the belts. It's battle of the belts. You need somebody for battle of the belts. I don't want to see Brit and Sheeta too. I'd rather see Deeb and Brett. Ooh, I think that they want to. I, I see what you're trying to say. I would always want to see Brit and and Deeb. I think the story there is Sheeta and Brit. I think that's the bigger storyline, honestly. Um, not only that, I think that they would trust Sheeta with that more because really, Brit's going to lose the title to Thunder Rosa pretty soon. Um, and there's more uh, yeah, momentum. I think, in, I think at Revolution. There's more momentum in her beating she because that would essentially be like you know the come up. It's there's more momentum in beating Sheeta than there would be in beating Deeb. But she's beat Sheeta, so I don't well, think yeah. she needs another. That's but the thing. if she does the if she does the champion, the TBS champion, it's it's different. It's a new Sheeta. Well, she, that makes sense. But this isn't Sheeta. Wouldn't be the TBS champion. You said if they were champion versus champion. No, 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 no. Battle of the Belts won't be champion versus champion. Okay, so wait. Oh, I thought Battle of the Belts was champion versus champion. No, no, no. we don't like we don't really know what it is. As far as I know, it won't be champion versus champion, considering AEW doesn't have enough championships to do that. 
<laughs> well, you know, I, I, I thought it was going to be Battle of the Belts, like, no, no, no. So to hey, so explain uh, Well, actually, maybe we don't know. I, I just assumed that's what that meant. But I no, guess we'll I, I, think, I think that the winner of this match is either going to face the whoever wins the TBS title out of Jade and I, I think it'll be Jade and Soho out of whoever wins uh, between them or Rosa could win it and Nyla could too, I guess. Uh, or they're going to be the person who challenges Brit at Battle of the Belts. Okay. Okay. I see. I follow. I follow. Well, if, if okay, you know what? In that case, I mean... Uh, I, I still would say there's more momentum in beating Sheeta, but if Deeb goes over Sheeta, that is a bit of a transfer. Uh, so you could do that, and there's no harm, no foul. Um, yeah. I yeah. I, I I really did think that Battle of the Belts was gonna be like champion versus champion, but if not, then she. I I throw Deeb in that match too. Yeah. If if you're unless you're bringing in Diana Perrazzo. <laughs> to do like that they, and then and the forbidden and there's the forbidden door maybe they have like you yeah, know if you're champions from like, other promotions but so yeah they've already so yeah i didn't say this but uh diana perrazzo came out after roxy's match and said that after hard to kill which is on january 6th wait mm-hmm. what day is hard to kill on I'm gonna look up hard to kill date 2022. Never mind, it's on the same night as Battle of the Belt, so uh, never mind. There will not be a match uh, between <laughs> Diana Perrazzo and Britt Baker because Hard to Kill is on the exact same night as Battle of the Belts, and they're in very opposite sides of the country. I was gonna say, isn't yeah, they're on on different one's in, coasts. Yeah, one's in one's in Dallas, and one is in North Carolina. Man, there's so yeah, I, that you know what? I did just straight up assume it was champion versus champion. You might be right. It might just be like Battle of the Belt. I, yeah, I, like I think it's kind of like you know how WWE has Clash of Champions, but it's never actually champion versus champion. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be like. Nice. Or do you remember? Uh, do you remember when on uh, I think it was Raw they did the champions only match where it was Cena and freaking. Uh, uh, the women's champion against Murdoch and like Omaga and, oh, and Lance no. Cade. <laughs> Imagine that's the main event. It's just Hangman and Britt <laughs> versus the tag oh. champs and the, and the, uh, the TNT I, champ. <laughs> look, I, I don't know how much I would hate to see Britt Baker versus Hangman Adam Page. Like, I don't know Hangman's if I'd hate such that a good match. guy. He just lay down, honestly. I think I'd be kind of interested in seeing Brit versus Ricky Starks, though. For the FTW title. Yeah, like that. I think that'd be kind of interesting. That'd be funny. Yeah, I'd I'd see it. And and uh, mean, MGF can do. Uh, MGF's pretty good at intergender matches, actually. Hangman and Sammy. I don't like. I'm really interested to see what they're doing for this show. I was like, I agreed. I thought it was going to be cross promotional championships, to be honest. And I think it still could be because you could bring in the Briscoes and do Briscoes versus the Lucha Brothers. That'd be a really awesome match. I have no idea. But let's get back to what we're talking about, which is a show we do know that the, what the card is. We have MJF taking on Dante Martin. And I am baffled. Because I did not think this is what was going to happen, but I think Dante Martin's going to win the Dynamite Diamond Ring. I did think Dante Martin was going to win. Um, 
I didn't expect to swerve. I'll tell you that much. I didn't expect to swerve, but I did think Dante Martin was going to win. Does he beat MJF? I am not 100% sold on that. There's going to be some kind of fuck finish here. Maybe Darius comes back and screws his brother. I don't know. Maybe Wardlow turns on Dante. I mean, turns on MJF. Uh, this is then, this is to me got to be the turn for Wardlow. If Wardlow turns, Dante wins. That's how I'm rolling. But I I, I see um uh I don't see a clean win for Dante in any kind of way. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it should. Like, I'm okay with it being a little dirty here because I think the other matches will probably have clean wins. Um, I'm intrigued that they put Wardlow and Matt Seidel on this show as well. Uh, Because if I'm AEW, and the way I structure this show is I start with Sheeta and Deep. I go into Wardlow and Seidel to get Wardlow over as, like, get him those baby face cheers and then if you if he is get like you make sure he's getting baby face cheered if he is which he probably will be go with the turn that night if he's not i feel like you can have like a backup you can have two you can have one where dante wins and one where mjf wins and your storyline is still probably pretty sound yeah. or you could have a finish you could have the finish without the ward low turn fully but I have a feeling that that turn is uh, they're, they're I think they're putting the Seidel Wardlow match uh, ahead of MJF and Dante, and they're putting it on the same card because they want the crowd to get hyped up for Wardlow before he turns. And Wardlow's probably coming out on his own because I mean MJF has his own match later that night, um, and 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 they're technically still in the pinnacle. Uh, I don't see any member of the Pinnacle coming out there with him either, just because I think you're correct. They want to gauge like where we're at with Wardlow. I like Wardlow a lot. Um, I think that when he turns on MJF, he's going to be a very big baby face. Uh, but I don't think if the crowd is expecting the turn that night, then they're going to cheer for Wardlow. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that that's sense. like... Yeah, I think that's the really smart thing about like my idea with the like alternate endings is probably pretty stupid and doesn't really make sense. But I think the idea of like okay, let's have Wardlow go out first and get him a little heat, get him get him that baby face cheer and get people excited for when he does the turn. I think that's a really smart idea. And and I know I said that maybe he comes out on his own, right? But him turning on MJF is turning on the pinnacle. So maybe we see, maybe he comes out or maybe later in the match, somebody comes out to help him and we see an interaction between them where he's kind of like rejecting them or or spurning them. Uh, And then that can get the crowd more uh, into Wardlow as a baby face as well, because he's kind of like rejecting his heel side and his heel uh, stable that he's a part of. So maybe that sets like the tone for what he's going to do later that day. Um, so this is going to be like a pivotal, a pivotal moment for Wardle, I think. Yeah. Main event time, Adam Page taking on the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. This has got to go to Hangman. Of course. And it's got to be a clean finish. Yeah, it'll, think it'll so. be, I think it'll be clean, 100%. Yeah. I mean, this is his, uh, 
like his first like big match where he's gonna like be the champion. Like he's gotta he's I think he's gotta be he's gotta get a clean win here. I know that they wanted uh j- j- it to be John Moxley in this match. Uh and I'm pretty sure John Moxley was gonna be a heel and take the fall here. Um Brian Danielson stepped up. Uh obviously you don't want Brian to lose just yet. But I mean Brian's gonna be Brian regardless. Uh Adam Page is now or never. So I say go ahead. Uh let him uh let him hit the buckshot and uh, knock out Brian, get the one, two, three. That's what I say. I'd also like to see him, um, like, if, if if Brian gets the LaBelle lock, uh, I'd like to see him kind of um, get out of it and, like, do a reverse. Like, I'd like to see him survive, like, the finish. Also, if Brian does the knee, I'd like to see a kick out. Like, I want to establish that, like, Adam Page is, like, just as good, um, if not better, than, than Brian, because for some reason, I do see online a lot of people feel like Adam Page. They think he's small. I don't know where they get that from. They think he's small. Uh, they also kind of see him as, in, in terms of all the champions they've had, they see him as kind of the lesser than. Um, obviously, his advantage is like, I feel like he's the number one babyface in the business, besides maybe Eddie at one point, uh, Eddie Kingston, that is. So I, I, I don't know. So I'd like to see them establish that here. Yeah, I think they haven't, like, they did not use him on TV enough this week. They used him on TV last week to have him uh, on commentary, but, like, you can do more with him, I think. So, I, I think you have to do more. And give yeah. him the big, yeah, give him a clean, big win over Danielson. Do the handshake, because Danielson's going to be a face again after this. Like, I listened to Tony Khan on, uh, I believe it was on Mom. Yeah, he was on Mom's Basement with, uh, is it called Mom's Basement? With, uh, with, uh, it's called Mom's Basement, yeah. Yeah, with Fox, Robbie Fox from Barstool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was on there and he was talking about the Danielson thing and he was like, yeah, that, that was planned. Yeah, we did that on purpose. We, we knew what was going to happen. It was 100% all done for a reason. And so I think that you you do it on purpose because Danielson can go back to being a face and Danielson's recognition of, hey, you're really good, means something. And that's why they did it. Like, that's why they did him being a heel for this because he needed to beat, like, beat everybody up. Oh, man, like... Yeah, he, he's definitely got, like, the rub. Um, yeah, yeah, Robbie. yeah. The, the, he he gave the rub to he, he's given everybody the rub in the dark order, really. Like even though he stomped their heads in, let's be real. Danielson gave everybody <laughs> the rub by working with them. <laughs> by the way, I know we didn't talk about it. John Silver is also a Long Island native. He got a good um, reaction. There was yeah. a welcome home John Silver sign in the crowd. That was pretty nice. Yeah, Danielson gave a lot to Silver. Yeah, even though last week he was like, bruh. I'm not sharing the ring with you. Who are you? What is this? Which, by the way, I will not let anyone forget. John Silver has a clean win over Keith Lee, so he's not a scrub. <laughs> Johnny Hungy, he's great. But I mean, th- yeah, the only way for me you can end this match is uh, with a buckshot and then Danielson shaking the hand of Hangman and saying, "Yep, you're the guy." I think that's amazing. That's what you should do. I agree. Um. Where does uh? What do you think Brian goes from there? Uh, I'm not really sure. I Neither think am I, actually. 
Yeah, I don't know what he does. Um, he's worked a lot in the last few months. I could see him kind of vibing and maybe taking like two to three weeks off and just chilling, not working, going yeah. home. Being with his baby and his fella. Yeah, I'm, I, there's a lot of things. I, I could see him like he could go work Terminus next month, which would be awesome to go work Terminus. I think that's like right up his alley. He could go work Wrestle Kingdom. They've opened the door for him there. Like there's there's a lot of opportunities that Danielson could do if he wants to do them. A lot of possibilities, yeah. Um, but right now, definitely looking forward to winter is coming. Um, you do think that four is th- the matches they're going to announce and then maybe have segments in between that? Yeah, I, I think it's possible. They, I, I like they're missing a tag match on the show, so I could see them adding a tag match. But That's true. yeah, I, I could see that. I don't know what they would add. Um, maybe because I, I think Kyle shows up. I will say that I do think Kyle O'Reilly is debuting. Tag match. Maybe they put. Uh, maybe they bring in. Um, or it could be like a three. They have Adam Cole in the Bucks face somebody probably. Yeah, like if they did Adam Cole and the Bucks versus, um, I mean, oh Jurassic of... Express and like no, 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 or, no, or Trent. You do, no, do Adam Cole. So either do Adam Cole and Bobby Fish versus Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta, mm-hmm. or do Adam Cole and the Bucks versus. I know. I think. I'm trying to think. I, there's a few options with that group, um, but I, I think that's what you do because they had Bobby in there for a reason. I could see them doing Bobby, Adam, Cutler, and the Bucks against uh, Beretta, Romero, Chucky T, Chucky T, Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, like all the best friends, and Chaos, and then. You really like in Cutler's the weak link because he's the only guy who does not have a counterpart because the best friends have one guy up on them and they need yeah. one more guy to even the odds. And that's where Kyle O'Reilly comes in. And then now you got five on five, like legitimately good wrestlers that can all stand off with one another. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think Adam Cole and the Bucks are going to be in there. And then any of those scenarios. Do you think anybody else is going to debut or return at Winter is Coming? Because I've heard some people sing Rotunda, which I still don't think is happening in AEW. People just I don't keep wanting that. to think. Yeah. Uh, I, I, people, I don't like, see that. Gargano? Um, uh, maybe Gargano. I also I see Gargano taking time away. He might sign with AEW, but I don't think he'll he'll debut that soon. I, I don't see that. Um. De- uh, debuting or returning? Hmm. Uh, not 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 off the top of my head. No, I don't. I think that because they like to have like debuts and returns uh, on big shows. I'm sure that they they might have like a new signee. Maybe they have a new Japan guy come in. Uh, maybe Miro comes back. Uh, like and he he has some kind of match or he's in a tag team. Uh, so maybe they do have some kind of return, but not one that's. Gargano would be 
Gargano would be a big time uh, debut. That would be a yeah. big deal. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's a big deal guy that's going to return or debut. Yeah, Wyndham Rotunda would be as well, but that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm. Besides those, I'm not sure whose no competes are up yet from the releases. Uh, I know there's a few people who already have theirs up. Like the, Mainly NXT people are people who didn't get an extended from a 30 to a 90. But like Keith Lee, Carrion, they're all still on their 90s. Jeff Hardy, uh, I don't know what his exactly oh. is. I assume it's a 90. Mm-hmm. It's probably a 90, honestly. Yeah, I would assume it's a 90. So he's got probably 90 days until he shows up anywhere. I know Oni um, Lorkins is 90, but I'd like to see him in AEW. Yeah, Oni's is 90. I think he, man, he would have been such a good guy for ROH. <laughs> Just, disappointing. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's like Ember there's Moon, some hers is uh 92, right? Yeah, hers would be 90 because she'd be on the, the the main roster contract, I believe. Yeah. It's so stupid. The contract situation in WWE is stupid. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I'm gonna say Kyle. I don't think Johnny. I, I do agree with you. I think Johnny's gonna take some time off. I think it'd be really fun because Johnny still has two more months until his kid's born. I think it'd be really cool if Johnny came in and did a TNT title match. Like, just do the open challenge and do the one-off. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, but, I mean, he loses. Yeah, he's going to lose, but, like, that's fine. And his debut match? Yeah. Jay Lethal. Well, Jay Lethal and Johnny Gargano. Jay Lethal's, like, a, a, a veteran. I don't. I think mm, his, his best Johnny Gargano... I'm gonna be honest. I think Johnny Gargano is a little bit more decor, like a little bit more prestige right now, a little bit more prestigious than Jay Lethal. No, well, I I don't mean prestigious. I mean veteran, as in his best days are behind him. I think Johnny Gargano, you you want him to like be kind of a future no. guy, like he's gonna no. be. A future oh champion. no, no, Gargano's you don't think he's ever like, AEW champion? No, Gargano has got like two to three years left at max, Bruh. So he's in, no Gargano is constantly injured, like he's almost done. Wait, why is he constantly injured? He's put in like 20 years. Well, yeah, but I mean, so is <laughs> so is uh, 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 most of the most of the guys yeah, they, they have. Like, I mean, these are not Gargan you know, have... so Gargano basically, like it was two years ago, and then it, like before they went to two hour USA NXT. He could not wrestle anything that was not takeover because he his body could not do it. He could only wrestle takeover. Even then, he really only wrestles on actual NXT TV once or twice in between takeovers. It's very rare for him to have like matches because he's he, his body is destroyed. Bro, what happened to him? Jeez, because he's Just younger than lethal. I'm like, geez. Over time, same issue with Brian Danielson, right? Like he well, just yeah. his body just got killed. That's why I was saying most of the guys they had, like they've put in hard years, not just like working, but like working in an in indie style, which can sometimes be less uh, less reined in. Like they're just doing anything. I mean, Moxley is out here whiling in his 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 thirties, almost forties, doing death matches. Like, uh, yeah. So I, I I'm surprised. I did I didn't actually know that. Because I, yes. I, I don't watch WWE, haven't for years. I, I don't watch NXT, but I do know Johnny Gargano, though. 
Yeah, Gargano was 34. Um, Tommaso was 36. And Tommaso was same thing. Like, he's not suit, like, he's only two years older, but his body is killed. He doesn't have, like, wow. I, when you think about, like, a guy who you want to become the future, 34 can be. Can still be well. In when I say range. future, I mean loaded. I mean, as in he's a future champion, not that he's like a pillar. If that makes sense, I, I just don't. I don't think he's in that prime position. I, I think his best days are one hundred. I think they're behind them. If I don't, he can't I, really wrestle like that, then you're one hundred percent right. I didn't actually. I, know I think that. he can. I, I think he one hundred percent can. I just don't think it's the right thing. I think you use him to. I think the better thing is to use him in a role similar to what you're using, not on the level of Dan- Danielson, more on the level of Jericho. Oh, wow. Oh, well, Jericho kind was of, the champion, but... <laughs> yes, but like that was in a whole... Like, if this happened now, if Jericho came in now, he wouldn't have won the championship. No, not at all. You're, yeah. Yeah, use him on like what it was you a were different using. time. Like, yeah, when Moxley didn't have the championship. Like he he should be used, like keep him in a prominent position within the company. It, like, I don't first off, I don't want Gargano to sign simply because I think there's too many guys. If you're already bringing in Kyle for Red Dragon, I would rather him come in to do a few matches and then go, which is what I want a lot more people to do. I wish they did it more. But if you're gonna bring him in, use him. And I uh, know, sorry, use them like Matt Hardy. That's a better thing. Use them like Matt Hardy, get some really good workhorse matches out of him from time to time, put him in good storylines. He should not hold a title unless Tommaso Ciampa joins him and you give DIY a tag title. You know, if I'm surprised that WWE even signed them considering you know and kept them in nxt for so long uh because they wouldn't they refused to move up yeah but i mean why resign or did they sign really long deals with them um well, that's that's that's, that's a different conversation that's, that's yeah that's yeah. Bef- that's before vince took over the whole story yeah. of johnny gargano getting into nxt is really awesome and just so interesting about him him the whole thing with him and champa um it, it's such an interesting story there's so many documentaries about it so if you really want to know go look there anybody yeah. listening i do agree it's with an you awesome though. story though based on what you said it probably would be better for gargano to just come in and do a few matches rather than be assigned talent yeah i, I think it'd be probably like do a day zero contract one of those day zero contracts where he can come in he signed to a few matches to do some appearances he can work dark a little bit i, I think like that's a good option for him to do if he's gonna like it, it depends on if he wants to work until baby gargano is born if it, until, <clears throat> until baby wrestling is born if he wants to do some work he can get work on the indies but i think it'd be like i think he would enjoy doing the day zero because he can go work dynamite he can go work elevation he can go work dark but then he can also just have the time off AEW shows that they will give you Whatever time off you ask for, they'll yeah. do it. One hundred percent. They're 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 very progressive in that way. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our long-winded "Winter is Coming" conversation with Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. I love those guys. 
I want them to succeed, whatever they do. If they stay in WWE, if they go to AEW, if they go to New Japan, I don't care. They're great. I hope they will succeed, especially Johnny Gargano, who's one of my favorites of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us as we discussed AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, talked about Final Battle a little bit, and we previewed Winter is Coming. I will be there, and I'm so excited. I got Winter is Coming. I have New Year's Smash in a few weeks in Jacksonville. I'll be there. I'm hoping to get to Terminus in Atlanta as well. Wrestling is awesome. I love it. I will be home everlastingly jealous that Caden is at Winter is Coming. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, for myself and Tamara, we will see you guys next time. Sayonara.